It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, welcome aboard. Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast with Dennis and uh, Brady. And finally, the weather cleared up enough where we had a full day of stuff yesterday, at least. Yeah, we did. A couple of games on Wednesday. Uh, yeah, specifically exactly two in one spot. <laughs> Algonac was the only one that was able to get their field ready to play in time, and even that, they were, it was ready, but barely ready. But that's dedication by Coach Thaler, who <laughs> went out and got like a dump truck full of uh, the uh, the quick dry so that they could get the field in shape. Said they only had to use four bags, is which all? is actually kind of impressive. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, they got the two in against Cross. Lex, those are actually pretty fun games. Um, I was a little worried at the start of game two, but Cross Lex had some fight in them. Uh, got to have a game under the lights. You got to see a softball doubleheader. You finally got to get out for a game yeah, this um, week. Uh, that, was, that was nice. And, and there were a lot of big series kind of going on around the area. Um, some Mooney had a big doubleheader. There were uh, a few non-conference doubleheaders, but Marine City had a big series against Lamphere that finally yeah, that got played. Important. And yeah, we'll have a lot to talk about. And basically, all of it is exclusively happened yesterday on Thursday. Yeah. So we'll start with the baseball this time around, and we'll get that rolling in just a moment. Every piece of land has a story written by those who work it, like the Nelsons, who cruise around their ranch on a John Deere Gator XUV835R. With 3,000 acres, there's plenty of work to do. It's all about efficiency. That's how they've kept their ranch going for five generations. We wouldn't be in ranching without the Gator. Run with us on a Gator XUV835R and start telling your story. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's locations in Auburn Hills, Badax, Birch Run, Burton, Carrow, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Brady Beaton here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Marysville. Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King. Dura Clean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call Dura Clean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. Dura Clean by Bachelor, 810-982-7044. 44 Duraclean by Bachelor. Finding that missing shin guard, remembering whether it's a home or away game, getting the right kid to the right playing field on the right day. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. We work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things, like not being that fan. Oh, come on, ref. That's simple human sense. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. Dine out with the feel of being at home when you visit the Hogtown Tavern in Melvin. Open Tuesday through Saturday at 8 a.m. and serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner. The Hogtown Tavern in Melvin has daily specials like Taco Tuesday, Polish Wednesday, Italian Thursday, Prime Rib Friday, Barbecue Rib Saturday, and Homestyle Sunday. Come and try Chef Susie's world-famous soups and sauces, too. The Hogtown Tavern in Melvin. We're all friends here. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right. Welcome uh, back, uh, Dennis and uh, Brady. Tri-County Equipment, Get Stuck On Sports uh, podcast. 
And uh, let's start with some uh, baseball action. Uh, we go back to uh, Wednesday. You saw a doubleheader. Literally the only games in the area, everything else was typhooned out. Yeah, and when I say those fields, it looked like if it would have rained for 10 minutes, they would have been back underwater. Like, it was dry, but it was barely dry. Like, it looked like the field was ready to explode out with water. But they did a really nice job getting the fields ready, and it was a good thing because I had a couple of fun games. Game one was a little more, well, decided early, uh, but in the top of the first, something haven't, hasn't happened all year. Josh Kasner on the bump gave up a run, and not just a run. Drew Hosterman put one over the left field fence for a solo shot in the top of the first, and Crosslex is pretty excited to get it started now. Hosterman got a hold of it. Do I think it's a home run if the wind's not blowing out to dead center? Probably not, but you don't apologize. You put it up in the air. He still made good contact, and it landed right over the 326 sign in left center. And just like that, Josh Kasner gives up his first run of the year. Maybe his first run in a year and a half. Since <laughs> since the Edison game. Yeah. Uh, but the response from Josh Kasner was, uh, yeah, pretty solid. He'd strike out or he'd get out the next 12 batters in a row. So did not phase him too much. And all the while, Algonac started to put up some runs in the bottom of the third. They got a couple of runs, uh, an RBI single from Ty Schultz. He'd later come around to score. Matt Meldrum had a hit in that inning as well. And then in the fourth, they'd add three more. Uh, Andrew Thomason walked. Matt Ricks had an RBI single after an error moved Thomason up. Ty Schultz drove in in another run with a, a sack fly RBI and... And then it was a first and third situation where Kasner intentionally got in a rundown so Sadler could come home and Kasner basically gave himself up so Sadler could score the run to make it 6-1. And Croslex didn't do much against Kasner the rest of the game. Uh, Nick Monzo had a double, put one in the gap. It was a nice swing but couldn't do anything with it. Uh, Jet Weeder had a single and Connor Partlow had a single but besides that, that they only had a base runner on inning. Like Partlow moved up to third, but it was in the seventh. It was six one, and Kasner went the distance, gave up just four hits, struck out fourteen, didn't walk anybody, and outside of one pitch that got away from him was his usual self, and responded from the home run like it never happened. Yeah, and Hosterman's a good hitter, so yeah, it, and again. It was a good swing, made contact on a normal day that doesn't get out because that first game, the ball was carrying to left field. He still pitched like 50 innings this year and he's given up one run. (laughs) Right. Well, and that won't be the last we see of him in this game. So in game two, uh, Croslex had brought up Orlando Mendoza and he gets the start in game two. Welcome to the big leagues, kid. Uh, Here's Algonac. And here's how the first inning went. Double double walk so all of a sudden it's one nothing you don't have an out you get a pop out Brandon Williams it's a two RBI double it's three nothing there's one out in the game and I'm going "Uh uh-oh Algonac's gonna make this a short one he walks the base he walks runners on first and second and gets a fly out and a strikeout so limits the damage in the second inning it's a walk two walks to lead off uh, third walk with one away loads the bases, but or excuse me, puts runners on first and second. Matt, Matt Ricks was caught stealing. Beautiful throw by Nolan Moore and leaves two more runners on. Still 3 nothing, but it feels like Algonac's just ready to break out and make this a 10 to nothing game. Start off the third. Brandon Williams doubles again. He's swinging a good stick. Caleb Thomas walks. Fly out, ground out, ground out, and, or excuse me, pop out. And once again, Mendoza's out of the inning. And you're going, is this, is Algonac ever going to get it? And then they, uh, Drew Hosterman came in in the fourth, kept it in check. And all the while, Croslex starting to chip away. Bottom of the fourth inning, uh, Hosterman got on with a single, was wild pitched over to third, and scored on a drop third strike. When they threw down to first, he came in to score. So it's three to one in the fifth. Still three to one game. Uh, or excuse me, Trevor Soul was hit by a pitch. Braylon Davis walked, and then Nolan Moore ripped a double that nearly went over the left field fence. It hit the base of the wall, and 
All of a sudden, Croslex has runners on second and third with with one away and only down a run. It's three to two, and you're going. Algonac was in control. They just couldn't get the big hit, yep. and Croslex just won't go away. Well, Brandon Williams comes in, strikeout, pop out to get him out of the jam. In the sixth, Nick Monzo doubles, and it looked like it had a chance. It one-hopped the wall in left, and then strikeout, strikeout to get out of the inning. So it's still 3-2 in the seventh. Nolan Moore gets on. Jet Weeder gets on. And in the at-bat to Drew Hosterman, I believe it was Hosterman. Might No, it was Jet Weeder, excuse me. On the first pitch of the at-bat, Brandon Williams throws the pitch, grabbed his forearm, and had to come out of the game. So hopefully he's all right. It wasn't like the elbow or the shoulder. It was the forearm. Mm -hmm. Could have just, I don't know what it was, but came out of the game. But Josh Kasner only threw 92 pitches in game one. Scott Thaler goes, tying runs at first base. I think he actually, Moore had stole Stolen second by that point. So tying runs in scoring position. 13 pitches with Josh Kasner. See what we can do. Comes in. Strikes out Drew Hosterman with runners on first and second. Gives up a single to Partlow, but it hit off the end of the bat and it blooped over the pitcher's head. And Schultz couldn't come in to field it from deep in second. And and Kasner couldn't get back off the mound. So puts the bases are loaded. Belly Grappi comes up to bat. Strikes him out because that's all Josh Kasner does. <laughs> and Algonac survives a game, probably could have mercyed Croslex or put up big numbers. Algonac didn't have that put away stuff, didn't have that killer instinct in game two, and it almost co- cost them. Croslex had a lot of runners in scoring position in the final three innings, but they managed to survive and get the, the sweep. But man, they let Croslex hang around way too long. I think they'll have nine runners on base through the first four innings. Uh, you know, uh, you're going to have games like that during the year because I'm going to look back to the second Richmond game, uh, that that four to three game. If you look at that score sheet, I think Algonac left eleven or twelve people on base and. More than half of them were in scoring position. Yeah, so that's, it's going to happen to you, and it's going to happen against you. Well, that's kind of evens out. Two Algonac twice now. Yeah. Um, and I, I guess if there's one complaint to have, it's find that killer instinct and find that put away stuff because you could have buried Cross Lex early in the game. I'll go back to the Edison game last year. Edison had a chance early in that game to go up five, six runs, and they did it, and Algonac was kind of out of it. I'll use a BWAC example. Richmond had a chance to go up 5 nothing early on North Branch, and it killed the dugout for North Branch. They didn't have any momentum. They didn't have any juice and life to them, and they were kind of done. And I think if Algonac goes up 5 6 nothing in the first or second inning, I think Cross-Lex is just kind of done, and they – just are defeated, and the game's over in the second inning because you can win those games in the second and third innings if you're just piling on and just deflate the other dugout. But as they hung around and Croslex was able to kind of scrap a run across, and they're going, okay, it's only three to two. We're staying in this game. Oh, we have a couple of hits. Now, There, were, the last few innings, Croslex was ready to explode for that last big hit that they couldn't get. But Algonac, I thought, let them hang around just a bit too much. All right. Well, uh, Richmond had a league game yesterday with Armada. Yes, they did. And this was a battle. They had to go eight innings to shake the Tigers four to two. Again, Armada doesn't hit much, but they find ways to stay in ball games and hang around and do just uh, enough. But uh, Richmond gets the win. Trey Taylor hits two doubles, drives in a couple of runs. Jackson Jones, we're starting to say his name a little more frequently. Uh, he had two hits, a double and an RBI. And uh, Luke uh, Pistuchin with a hit and an RBI for the Blue Devils. Tristan Herb had a hit and an RBI for Armada. Again, what the, the Tigers only had two hits in this yeah, game. Yeah, and that's what Armada finds a way to do. They have two hits, but Richmond had to score a run in the top of the seventh to keep this one alive. So two hits, uh, they they only walked two times. There were four Richmond errors, however, which is a little unlike Richmond. But they that's why they're dangerous. 
because if you just let them hang around, they can do things like that and they can make life really tough on you. And Richmond let them hang around, gave up a few errors, and next thing you know, you're down in the seventh to Armada, a team they've lost to each of the last two years. They finally get the sweep. Yeah, but I'm going to give Richmond some credit. This team, uh, it's a different kind of team in in Richmond this year. They don't have as many players uh, who have come out, and yet – they, they still have that savvy. They still find ways. You know, uh, since the, the game against Algonac that was a debacle, all they do is win. All they do is find ways to win and make the play when the play has to be made. Yeah, they had their backs against the wall, and they've shown fight. And they've what, won now five straight league games. Since that, yep. they swept North Branch, they swept Armada, and got the second game against Algonac. They are in the, the driver's seat. They are slowly knocking off these BWAC opponents. They still have Almont to play, who's probably the biggest threat to them. They have Crosslex next week. Yeah, they could beat them, but Richmond's the favorite in all their games going forward. They control their own destiny, at least getting a split of the BWAC title. And, and that's all you, you really want to ask for as a manager and as a player is put yourself in a situation where you don't have to rely on everybody else to get your work done for you. Just go out and play your games, and that will guide you where you want to go. North Branch has to rely on a little bit of help. They're still in the BWAC race, but they're a game back. They stay a game back because they shut out Yale 3 to nothing. This time, Brant Primo on the mound. Seven innings, one hit, no, no earned, two walks. Only two Ks, had a hit in an RBI. Pitching to contact, did so very effectively. And North Branch shuts out Yale in back-to-back games. That's now four straight BWAC games the Yale's been shut out in. Yeah, which is weird because they were scoring a ton of runs early on. But... I guess the devil's advocate is saying, okay, but they faced Algonac and they faced North Branch. Maybe yeah, the two I best, mean, the pitching, two best teams pitching staffs in the in the league. Jaden Hutchinson also had two doubles and an RBI as well for North Branch. They will get their shot at Algonac the last week of the season. They'll have Almont mixed in there as well, but they need someone to clip Richmond. They were probably really hoping Armada could have pulled that one off because next thing you know, they're in control of their own destiny. They need someone to knock off Richmond because that sweep by them is that hurt a lot. Yeah. Um, Elmont continues to play good ball. It's not a league, but they swept a doubleheader with Sandusky. They took game one, 12 to uh, two. A lot of hitting by the Raiders. Ty Fillinger had a double, drove in two. Cody Koval had a hit and knocked in two runs. Hit in two RBIs for Jason Lane. Trenton Cruz had a hit and an RBI. My man Giovanni Morocco had a hit One of your and favorite an RBI. Names. I love that name. That's a good baseball That's name. That's a great baseball name. Uh, and uh, they took the uh, nightcap 12-5. to five. Max Koskadan with a double and three RBIs. Koval had two more RBIs. Aiden Furkeron had two hits and drove in three. Uh, Connor Nassavera with two hits and an RBI. Caden Nassavera with two hits and an RBI. And Austin Swain had a hit and an RBI. So uh, Almont scores 24 runs uh, in a uh, doubleheader. They do it with their bats, but they have been doing it with their pitching for the most part this year. And again... We're waiting for the big test. Well, it comes next week. Yeah, Algonac, it, you get a split there. Hey, you'll get some respect. But it's put up or shut up time. You've done what you should have done against the the bottom half of the BWAC. Now comes the three-week stretch where you're playing Richmond, you're playing Algonac, you're playing North Branch. If you want, I mean, obviously to win the league, you probably have to have a winning record over those six games, but... Let's see where you contend, and let's see where you are come playoff time because that'll be another interesting one. They're in the same district as Algonac. This could be a little test. Algonac has aspirations of getting to Michigan State. Remember last year, Almont nearly ended it before their run got started. It took a walk-off suicide squeeze to win a one nothing game last year Yeah, in the pre-district. <laughs> So Almont has pitching. We'll see what they can do. I know Lane, kind of like Drew Hosterman, kind of a junk baller, will keep you off balance. But we'll see what they do against Algonac. 
All right, so the, those will be big series. But in the meantime, uh, Elmont has taken care of business against teams. You go, okay, they should beat those teams. Well, they are. Um, let's do Mooney before we take a break. They had a doubleheader with um, country. Uh, no, Gabriel Richard. They're playing Ann Arbor. Gabriel Richard. Yep. Two two pitching uh, duels. Mooney takes game one, two to one. Anthony Gerling's two run home run was the difference in this game. Uh, Blake Lutzky added a double. Uh, he did pitch in this game, but not a lot. Only 47 pitches, got him through four innings, and I have to imagine that's because tomorrow they take on Lutheran North, and they want to be able to use Lutzky in that doubleheader against Lutheran North. It pays off because they get the win in game one again. Just took one two-run shot from Anthony Gerling, and I think that's his second one. I think he had one against Marine City as well, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, uh, real quick, coming in for relief for Lutzky to help seal the deal was Carnegie, and he goes three solid innings, gave up the one run, but that was it. It only took them as a staff a combined uh, 82 pitches, but again, the 3-2 count helps a ton. Yeah, but but they they obviously they throw strikes. They do. Lutzky was uh, Lutzky was a little wild, twenty eight of forty seven, but Carnegie twenty three of thirty five throwing strikes. Yeah. In game two, uh, Richard wins three to nothing, and they actually get a strange no hitter. Strange in the fact that the pitcher who threw the no hitter also walked eight. Yeah, that's one where you go, oh yeah. That was a no-hitter, wasn't it? But uh, Mooney had plenty of traffic on the base pass, just couldn't get the hit, and they drop one to Ann Arbor. Gabriel Richard, three to nothing. Uh, they have a big series coming up against Lutheran North. I know Lutheran North's talented, and I know it could be a, uh, could be a tough doubleheader, but this is to see where Mooney's made of. The Division Two team that is, well, we'll see them in the districts because they're in with Richmond and Marysville and all them, and we'll see exactly how they pan out and just how good Lutheran North can be because I have to imagine we're going to see both teams at their at their A game. Yeah. All right. Uh, still some Mac games to talk about, but we'll take a break first, and then we'll be back. Uh, there were several doubleheaders played yesterday. Every piece of land has a story written by those who work it, like the Nelsons, who cruise around their ranch on a John Deere Gator XUV835R. With 3,000 acres, there's plenty of work to do. It's all about efficiency. That's how they've kept their ranch going for five generations. We wouldn't be in ranching without the Gator. Run with us on a Gator XUV835R and start telling your story. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's locations in Auburn Hills, Badax, Birch Run, Burton, Carrow, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Do you have the right financial advisor to help you reach your goals? Ameriprise Advisors can create a personalized, goal-based plan to help you prepare for whatever life brings so you can feel more confident about your financial future. Call Ameriprise Financial Advisor Dave Betts today at 810-987-5370. That's 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC. Member FINRA and SIPC. Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no-credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King. Preferred Seamless Gutters in Emily City has been family-owned and operated since 1977. With in-house employees, when you call Preferred, you get Preferred. At Preferred, they manufacture all components, making them the warehouse. This ensures prompt installation from Preferred's well-trained and courteous staff. Serving St. Clair, Sanlac, Genesee, and Northern Macomb counties, give Melissa a call and she'll be happy to schedule a quote for you. No high-pressure sales, just great service from Preferred Seamless Gutters in Emily City. Call 8 800-964-6613 today. Shopping for a vehicle the last two years has been frustrating for all of us. Inflated prices and misleading ads that waste your time and money. Look no further than Jepson Car Company. Located at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair, Jepson Car Company is St. Clair County's most transparent dealership. At Jepson, the price you see on a vehicle is the price you pay. No hidden fees or misleading rebates. When you need your next vehicle, stop by Jepson Car Company today. 
This is Lucy Harris. I'm a class of 2022 senior, and I play on the golf team at Port Huron Northern. As a Port Huron school student, I had the opportunity to participate in the most extracurricular and academic opportunities in the region. I can even earn free college credits from the Blue Water Middle College. At Port Huron Schools, I am treated as an individual, and my teachers care about my specific needs. After graduating, I plan to study abroad and attend college to eventually become a teacher. That's my Port Huron School story. What will yours be? Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back. Brady got to be under the lights last night. Yeah. Nighttime baseball. Was it it cold? It it got cold at the end. The first, well, it didn't help. It was a three-hour game, but um, (laughs) the – it was a really cool atmosphere. They did a nice little ceremony for Coach Hill and Coach Klink before they each threw out a first pitch. They were each given a hat, honored um, the two longtime baseball coaches at Port Huron High and Port Huron Northern. So that uh, that was cool. I think this is something that should be done yearly, especially if they're in the same league. Um, one at Northern, one at High, one at Sanborn. Like That just seems like an easy way to go about things. Now I'd like it to be on a warmer day, but you have it for – the start of May, you don't expect it to drop into the 40s when it gets cold yeah. at night. Start by talking about PH. When they're going well, they look like a solid ball club. They make plays. They throw strikes. They they hit the ball. But when the wheels fall off the cart, there's nobody to kind of steer them back onto the road. It. I know they have some talent in that dugout. But it just feels like there's no one to grab a hold of everyone and say, all right, shake it off. We can bounce back and get to this. And I think that was the case last night. It was one nothing through three innings. Port here and I was on top. They've taken the lead in each of the first two games. Up one nothing. They got to uh, Taylor Falls early, uh, and they were able to get an RBI single from Gavin Troy. Colton Barnett had a weird I called it a double because there, what else to call it? It was a bloop over the first baseman's head, and the second baseman dove for it. And as he dove, it hit off his shoulder and went to the fence, so he just kept going to second. So it's the easiest double Colton Barnett's going to get all year. And they're up one nothing, And Jackson Sherrod's pitching well, pitching well. Um, he goes a couple of, of one, two, three innings in the second and the third. But then in the third, uh, a throwing error where – the first baseman, Seppo, just lost it. The sun was setting over third base to throw, and he just couldn't see it, yeah. and it got by him. I played first base. It's scary. Yeah, because you don't want to get hit in the face with a baseball. So, I mean, yes, it's an error, but you it's an understandable error. Yeah. Uh, Armstrong was hit by a pitch. A single from Schrader drives in a run, and they get a couple other runners on because they start throwing the ball around. Kai was running someone off at third, and they run over, and they run the guy going to second to third. The guy at third still standing there, and the throw to third gets spiked, and it goes wild, and the run comes in to score. And it's 3-1 three three Port here on Northern now on top of high. But in the bottom of the fourth, I thought we were going to see a, good, a nice response. Uh, bases were loaded, Jackson Sherrod singled, Hernandez walked, Barnett walked, and Peyton Mullins and Taylor Falls had a battle, probably close to 10 pitches, and Peyton hit one down the left field line that was going to be close. Kerrigan dives, and it's about six inches foul. Mm. If it would have cleared the bases and PH would have retaken the lead, instead Mullins grounds out. And then Northern in the top half of the inning, walk, sack bunt, error, walk, 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 drives in some runs, a double, the day's done for Sherrod, he couldn't get back on the rails, and at that point, the game's just over, PH can't really figure anything out, Aiden Wynn comes in after the fifth inning, and Northern just keeps adding on, they end up winning 12-1 to in a game for, call it four innings, it's a pretty competitive ball game. But when the wheels fall off for PH, they just can't get them back on. And again, they I just don't know they if they have that guy to grab everyone by the collar and just say, We're not letting this happen again. We're not letting this go down and we're 
we need to figure out a way to get back on. Or just somebody to calm things down and, right. and slow the game down for everybody. It's like sometimes the game speeds up, and when you're a young player, you try to speed up with the game, and, and that doesn't help you. It hurts you. You, may, you start making mistakes. Right. And it's, yeah, it's just tough for PH because they've played a pretty decent uh, start of the games against Northern, but, yeah, they and credit to Northern, they just keep attacking. I think they only had six hits on the day, and they scored 12 runs. Again, the walk numbers hurt. The errors hurt PH. But Northern takes advantage of it, and Northern is right now in the thick of the race in the Mac Blue, and they need to sweep the series if they want to keep it that way. Yeah, I mean, uh, they've actually, since I saw that debacle against St. Clair, they have kind of picked up the pace, and they've they've played good ball, and again, they've beaten teams that they need to beat. They were, you know, they, they got a big win against Lakeview when it looked like they might be in trouble in that series. Mm-hmm. You know, so a good response by the uh, the Huskies, um, and, and and again, they got some guy like Ty Fletcher's a dude. Yeah, Ty Fletcher. He had two hits in RBI. Dylan Bloink had two hits, stole a couple of bags. Nick Schrader had a hit, two RBIs. Tucker Corby doubled in a run, and for PH, Gavin Troy singled in the run in the first, but they couldn't uh, get anything else going the rest of the time. All right, let let's jump down uh, because Marine City Lamphere is probably the biggest series of the other games that were played right because they're the two undefeateds in the Mac gold and Lanfear is a district champ last year they're a solid team game one Paul Muscat on the mound for Marine City goes six innings seven hits no earned uh, two walks and a strikeout and they get the three to one win Danny Vandeviver had a two hits and an RBI. Cooper Letson had a couple of knocks. And Josh Vandeviver, back from his foot injury, is gets a hit in an RBI and helps give Marine City the 1-0 series lead, and that's a big first win. Yeah, they had to go down there um, to, to play this, uh, right? It was at Lamphere. Let, let me double-check that. Um, it looks like, yeah, it was at Lamphere. Yeah, so... To get game one in that doubleheader when it's so important, that's that's a big one. And, like, the standings are askew right now because nobody's played the same amount of games because of the weather. Except for Lamphere and uh, – or, no, Lamphere had two less games. But yeah. they were both undefeated, and we both presumed that they are the teams to beat in the gold. Yeah. So, Marine City gets the game one win, and they needed it because game two they lost 9-2. to two, And Lamphere, with their backs against the wall, got a big win for them. Yeah, big response. Uh, uh, Muscat, who pitched well in game one, had a home running uh, game two. Yes, so, he did. Uh, uh, Anthony Rafino had a hit in an RBI. Parker Atkinson doubled. But pitching wasn't there in game two for Marine City. So they get a split. So now a lot of scoreboard watching the rest of the way. Yeah, but I really, again, I know it's the gold, but I really like this Marine City team. I do too. Um, the, the They hit and... In game one, they got good pitching. Hey, you don't have to strike out 15 guys. If you can scatter you scatter seven hits and you, they only score one run, throw strikes, pitch to contact, let your defense do its job, uh, and I like it. So. I, I do too. I do too, but now let's see what they do against Roseville and Lakeshore. Hopefully one of them can come up and nip Lamphere to give Marine City the outright first place lead in the goal, and I'm not sure who they've played in league because yeah. I didn't look they're at it. Five and one. I but know they're they five and one in league. Lamphere. Yeah, and 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 they haven't played Marine City. So right. All right. Marysville got a split in the doubleheader with Lance Cruz. Vikings took game one five to uh, three. Trent Vaggie had uh, two hits, including a double, knocked in two. R.J. Clark had a big double that uh, drove in a couple of runs. Vaggie's pitching line was kind of all over the place. Yeah, in game two when he threw, yeah. it was, yeah. Um, but they got the game one win, and they needed a game one win because remember the game, I think it was Monday they were able to get it in, and it was like one to nothing going into the sixth, and it ended up being like 13 to four or something was yeah. the final. Uh, between those two, it was it, it got off the rails, and they get a, a win in game one. Game two, when Veggie was on the mound, okay, he had 11 strikeouts. We know he has really good stuff. but He's got man, velocity, high velocity. Yes, but When he's on, he's tough to hit. 
But that command is sometimes there, it's sometimes not, and it was not there. He walks eight batters in four and two-thirds innings. He only gives up three hits. He uh, hit uh, another batter as well, had a couple of wild pitches. And with 10 strikeouts, you know he's got the swing and miss stuff. We've seen him do it against good teams. But he has to find a way to just throw strikes. Maybe if it means sacrificing a couple of miles per hour of velocity to put it in the zone because you can't defend the walk and that gets that pitch count up really quickly and that's how you throw 108 pitches in just four and two-thirds innings. Well, we saw it last week. Uh, He only gave up one hit, but I think he walked four and hit three Mm -hmm. and he had to come out of the game after six and PH almost caught him. Yeah, you know, in the the seven, they had the seventh inning rally, and the game ended with the bases loaded. Yeah, because again, we all know he has the 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 stuff, and I guess the tools to to get it done. But got to find a way to command. I don't know if that's mechanics, if that's a mental thing, if that's what it is. But if he starts throwing strikes, watch out. But if I'm facing Trenton Vaggie, my scouting report is maybe take till there's two strikes. Make him, or at least in the first or second, and make him prove he has the command that day before I give you the green light to swing away. Yeah. Um, all right. St. Clair dropped their doubleheader with Chippewa Valley. Three to one, they lose game one. In game two, Brady, it happened to them again. And this is three or four times now in recent memory. They've had a lead. And it slips away in the late innings. I think they're up 6-3 in this game, and they lose 8-6. Yes, they were. It was 6-3 going into the bottom of the sixth, and five runs come around to score. Here's the frustrating part. None of them were earned. Mm. Just a pair of St. Clair errors, but they came at the worst time. And instead of being out of the inning with no runs and a chance to to take a game in this series. They drop it 8-6. to six. In the loss, Logan Ellis had two hits. Owen Blank had two hits. Connor Shirky had an RBI for St. Clair. Only one of two RBIs on the day for St. Clair. So Chippewa Valley helped them out a bit as well. But yeah, it's a young St. Clair team and it's a cliche, but it's a cliche for a reason. They need to learn how to win. Well, I mean, uh, just think about the the teams that that we've been talking about who have had their struggles. There's a lot of talent. Yes, we we could make we we could take St. Clair, PH, Marysville. We could make a pretty good baseball team. Oh, yeah. out of what what those teams have, but sometimes the youth, the inexperience, the, like we say, the game speeds up, and young players sometimes. Make mistakes and in I that situation. And I guess in the glass half full look at this, St. Clair's beating these good teams in the MAC. They're competing with Lance Cruz North and Chippewa Valley and playing with them and having leads. It's, okay, so you can do it for five innings. Now find a way to finish out the sixth and seventh inning. Because it's not always, oh, the pitcher ran out and the, they just don't have a lot of depth pitching. Sometimes the starter just falls off at the end or the defense, I don't know, wears down or is out of it mentally and can't finish it. But that's what I want to see from St. Clair. Hey, you know what? If you lose to a team like Lance Cruz North and they just jump on you early, like the first game against Chippewa Valley, faced a good pitcher and they didn't score to the seventh and it was 3-1. All right, that happens. But another lead that they, another game that they could have had that they just couldn't find a way to win. That's what I want to see from St. Clair these next couple games. Just finish out those games. Yeah. All right. Uh, we will uh, continue with softball because it was a busy day in softball yesterday, and uh, we'll start talking about those games when we have to take this uh, break first. Brady Bean here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. 
Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County has been serving the community for over 30 years. Located at 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, Overhead Doors are the premier choice for durability, serviceability, and hassle-free performance for commercial and industrial doors. Overhead Doors boasts a complete selection of performance and safety-tested commercial and industrial upward-acting doors and manufacture a wide array of styles to meet your needs. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County, 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, call 810-987-2185. This is Nash Phillips. I'm a class of 2022 senior and varsity football player at Port Huron High. As a Port Huron School student, I get to experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region. The district provides personal success for all students because each Port Huron School's journey is unique and special. I know I'm supported by my teachers and everyone in the district, both in the classroom and on the football field. I also know they care about my well-being each and every day. Port Huron Schools have prepared me for anything I choose to do with my future. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Hello, this is Tim Sheridan, owner of Sheridan Real Estate and Insurance in Lexington, a family tradition that started back in 1925 with Grandpa Sheridan. Promoting trust, care, and excellence, Sheridan is dedicated to understanding and taking care of all your needs. Respected throughout the community and dedicated, Sheridan is a proud supporter of local activities like high school athletics. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back, Dennis and uh, Brady. The uh, ladies were uh, busy playing some games uh, yesterday because they haven't been able to get I'll out say, and play this week. About time we pl- talk yeah. about some softball. We haven't had anything. <laughs> it feels like in softball, like we were talking about it uh, driving around yesterday. How teams like Algonac they haven't played since last Monday. Uh, Marysville just got their first games in in a week. Almont hasn't played in it feels like two weeks and these are some good teams that we really haven't been able to talk about like we were just I was looking through the game changer and some teams are like 16 and three and some teams are five and one yeah yeah it's it's been insane um both Croslex and Marysville had only played eight games this year yeah um, That's not a lot of games. Yeah, no. Marysville came into the doubleheader five and three, and Crosslex came in with a three and five record in game one. Ryan Quain got the start. She faced uh, the the first nine hitters of the game for uh, Crosslex and got one two three one two three one two three with six strikeouts. Nobody really made any uh, big contact against her. The Vikings got on the board quickly. Uh, against Riley Robertson, Avery Woodard blooped a single into uh, left, stole second, and then Megan Winston said, what are you running for? We can trot. Right. Long fly ball to left center field, way out of there. Um, she has really, like, developed a power game on top of everything else because she's already a really solid athlete. She plays really good shortstop for them. And she was she's like always line, been a good hitter. It was like a line drive base hit. She could hit doubles, but rarely she'd put it over the fence. And at the end of last year, you started seeing about once a week, Megan Winston home run, Megan Winston. And now she's done it, well, in the games they've played, fairly consistently for Marysville. So they're off to a 2 nothing lead, but it stays that way. Like I say, Quain's dealing for three innings. Robertson settles down. There's some base runners, but nothing that, you know, she can't uh, wiggle her way out of. Then uh, Marysville, they actually surprised me because Quain's throwing a perfect game through three and they can't touch her. And Clara Moore comes on in the uh, fourth inning. Uh, or And, again, she gives up a one-out single, but... You know, no big deal, and well, she actually again, pitched very well. Not having played for almost two weeks, I don't mind in a non-league game trying to get as many people in as possible so that when you finally do get to play like St. Clair or Stevenson, everyone's kind of fresh and you're not going, oh, this, this girl hasn't swung a bat in a live game in two-plus weeks. Now we need her to pinch hit or now we need her to get a big strikeout on the mound 
and he hasn't done anything since the middle of April. Yeah. So Moore ended up pitching the last four innings, uh, two hits, a walk, two strikeouts. Uh, Marysville goes on to win eight to nothing. The big inning was the bottom of the fourth when they scored five times. The inning started with a Brooklyn Evans double. Emma Curtis singled to put runners at first and third. She stole second. Kaylee Pegg struck out, but there was a wild pitch, so one run scores first and third. Then they do a double steal. Pegg steals second, and Curtis steals home. Then there's a walk. They strike out Winston, but Avery Walters crushes a three-run homer to center field. And I told you she's going to have a big year, Brady. And, she, and she's done all that and more. She certainly has put on a show every time I'm there. Uh, so that three-run shot makes it a five-run inning, makes it 7 to nothing. They tack on a run in the uh, sixth with an RBI double from Lexi Perrin. Although, Alara Rankin, bases loaded nobody out in that inning and already a run in to make it 8 nothing. And you're thinking, boy, Marysville's going to walk this thing off. Yeah, uh, and, and and Rankin got Jade Schiller, a good hitter, on a pop-up. Evans. Well, good hitter uh, in Marysville hitter is basically synonymous. Yeah, uh, Evans, who's dangerous, struck her out, and Curtis on a comebacker to actually get out of the inning so that Croslex could get their swings uh, in the seventh. But Marysville takes game one, eight to nothing. Game two, the Vikings come out and score two quick uh, runs Kind of in an ugly way. There's some errors um, that that helped on the uh, play where the two runs uh, scored. But they answered right back in the bottom of the first. Again, kind of ugly. This second game was kind of sloppy. I gave two errors to Marysville and three to Croslex, and I probably was a little lenient in game two. Um, it was just not a clean, crisp game. But it was a competitive game through four. It's a 3-3 game. Again, Marysville gets two quick runs. Croslicks came right back with two in the bottom of the first, and they did it against Quain, who started the second game and who they couldn't touch in game one. They had two hits on her in the first inning. They scored a push a run across in the third. Izzy Piscina drives in all three runs. She had a two-run single in the first and an RBI ground out in the third. It's 3-2 Pioneers. But in the middle innings, Marysville came to life. They actually... Tied the game with an ugly run in the fourth. The leadoff hitter reached on a fly ball that should have been caught and ended up coming around and eventually scoring on a wild pitch to tie the game at three. But then Marysville got the bats going. Uh, They got uh, a leadoff triple from Avery Pegg in the uh, fifth. She scored on a uh, Callista Nagin sacrifice fly. And then uh, Allison Fraley hit a two-run home run to straightaway center field. Uh, and this is, again, the Vikings have speed, they have power, they have, you know, a hitter like Woodard who had three hits and scored three runs. I mean, they, they've got a nice mix of everything. Right. And, again, kind of go up and down their lineup. They don't have many hitters that are, you go, oh, this is an easy out. Uh, so they're up 6-3, to three, and I think that home run was the, the, the hit that kind of deflated things because broke yeah because in the top of the sixth it was single triple walk single double single double strikeout single hit by pitch and then a ground ball and a pop-up to end the inning but seven runs were in it was 13 to 3 for marysville uh and uh adeline vaggy was in the game at that point pitching for marysville she went the last three innings no runs a hit five strikeouts didn't walk anybody throws the ball hard um, she actually, uh, uh, and all the Viking pitchers are fairly similar with, with their style mm-hmm. and the way they do it. Uh, I just, Veggie looks menacing in the circle. Like she just looks big and mean <laughs> and throws the ball hard. Um, and I, I think, I, I think she's going to be a good pitcher the next few years. I know you came back and the couple times you've seen her, you've been impressed with what you've seen. Yeah. All right, anything else with Marysville and Croslex? Marysville flexed their muscle and reminded us, even though they haven't been playing a lot, they're a good team. St. Clair's a good team, and they just keep winning. They beat Lons Cruz North 6-1, to one, and here's the conga line of, in a 6-1 game, 
All these different players contribute. Tabitha Furlan, two hits. Rochelle Swihoff for two hits. Maddie Cole, two hits, a double, an RBI. Claire Borg, a double, an RBI. Aaron Saros, two hits, three RBIs. Addie Blank, a triple, and an RBI. And with all that, Audrey Schindler on the mound. Seven innings pitched, three hits, no earned, one walk, two strikeouts. Throwing to contact, getting apparently enough soft contact. The defense is helping behind her. And another, I would say, comfortable win for... St. Clair yeah. over Lance Cruz. They they just they just keep on keeping on. And Lance Cruz North is solid. Lance Cruz North are one in five in league, but they're a five hundred team overall. And St. Clair still undefeated in the white. They have essentially well, Mary's was only two and one in league play, so that works out to being two games up, but for all intents and purposes, they have no losses in Marysville has one, so basically yeah. a half game up. Or however Every time Marysville's got a league game on their schedule, it gets rained out. And they've scheduled the St. Clair game, I think, now six different times. <laughs> um, but St. Clair's 8-2. and two. They haven't gotten to play a ton. Hell, you've tried to do, what, three different St. Clair games in the past week alone, yeah. and they've all been they've washed all out. all been washed out. Uh, Stevenson uh, on Monday. The, uh, the, the redo the with the Marysville game last Friday, and then the Anchor Bay game on yeah, Anchor Wednesday. Bay game on Wednesday. So all St. Clair's lost to was Gross Point North, and they've lost to I believe Dakota was the other team that they dropped a game to. But they've been really solid otherwise. Like yeah. this St. Clair team is dangerous. They're really good, and again. I can't emphasize enough how much of a shame it is going to be that only one of Richmond, St. Clair, Marine City, or Marysville get to play in a regional. Yeah, uh, we were talking about that yesterday. I, I was talking to uh, Jamie Kane, who was in the, the booth doing the PA and, and that. Like, you got four teams there that are really good. Three, we think, could be at least quarterfinal teams. Right. And, uh, yeah, only one of them gets to get out of that district. The other three are going to – two of them are going to go home after one game. Now, it's going to be a really fun day, but when you get done, you go, oh, only one's left. But that team's probably going to be at least a one of the favorites in the regional. Yeah. Um, speaking of Marine City, 7-1 win over Port Huron, and the sticks were out for the Mariners. Jade Blanchard, uh, three hits, was a home run shy of the cycle. Had an RBI. Jocelyn Dietland, two hits, a double, two RBIs. Went all seven on the mound, five hits, no earned, uh, two walks, 12 Ks. And I know we were talking about Smith and how she's becoming a nice pitcher. Jocelyn Dietland just reminding us that if they need to throw her, she can do a pretty yeah, good job. Yeah, she's pretty solid. Maya Simons, two hits, two RBIs. Paige Nelson, two hits, a double, and an RBI for Marine City. For PH, they didn't have a lot of hits, but two extra base, two hits for Izzy Trombley, including a double and a triple for Bryn Mullins. They, I believe, only had four hits on the day, but couple extra base knocks but this is another one of those weird games that was close for a long time and then marine city scored a bunch at the end just looking at the box score and again box scores can lie dennis we know this you like like i'll use the ph northern baseball game from monday that was a really close game that if you just looked at the box score you go oh well northern won it handily i thought they got away from ph at the end but this game it's seven to one. It was three to one going into the sixth, but I have a feeling it was one of those games where it was three to one, but it didn't feel like a two-run game because of the way Jocelyn Dietland was pitching. All right, that's just a hunch. This was not a pitching duel. No. <laughs> Whatever the opposite of a pitcher's duel is, that's what Northern and Lons Cruz had yesterday. And the wheels came off at the end for the Huskies in this one because they and were that seems actually to be a up theme. Big. Uh, this is a team they beat the first time, remember, 14-4. Yep. to four, And Northern, another young team, unable to finish. Final score was 16-12. to 12. It was 12-5 to five in, the bottom, in the top of the sixth, going yeah. into the top of the sixth. And then four runs in the sixth, three in the seventh, tied it for Lance Cruz, and they put up four in the eighth. And a 16-12 to 12 win where there were 22 hits for Lance Cruz and 16 hits wow. for Port Huron Northern. 
Now, I guess the silver lining out of all this, Sydney Betts was hit around a bit. But she didn't walk anybody. She hit, I think, one batter and only threw two wild pitches. So we're starting to get that part of her game wrangled in because early in the season you saw her and it was a lot of wild yeah. to the backstop. So she's starting to throw strikes, but now they're a little hittable. Now you have to find the swing and miss stuff because she gave up 15 hits and all 10 runs were earned. But she's got the control down. Now the next step is finding that put-away pitch. Yeah, but again, like you say, you can't defend walks. Right. So if teams earn it against you, I'm fine with that. Just throw strikes, and eventually you'll figure it out. Right. If you're wild all the time, then your defense will make more mistakes behind you. Yeah. Um, because they're not ready. Um, if you're throwing strikes, people be on their toes. It'll work itself out. Yes, it will. Uh, and Northern was hitting in this game. Ariana Hagan, two hits. Ariana McMahon, two hits, an RBI. Becca Larson, two hits, two RBIs. Madison Ramo had two hits, a double, two RBIs. Marissa Ramo had two hits. Mackenzie Shagney had three hits, including a triple, drove in a run. And Anna Hall, two hits and two RBIs. So this Northern team can hit. They are. We're seeing steps up from some young players. But, man, that, that's one that's tough when you're up what, seven runs going into the sixth and can't uh, either Lance Cruz figured it out because the same girl pitched all eight innings for Lance Cruz. So either she figured something out or something changed for Northern and after scoring in each of the first five innings is shut out in the last three. Yeah, that's that that's kind of a weird game there. Now, there was some pitching in this one. Richmond beats Anchor Bay one to nothing Katie Shoeboy goes all seven, just two hits and one walk, strikes out six in the win and gets just enough offense. Um, uh, Julia Rancilio had uh, two hits. Piper Clark had two hits. Liz Shoeboy with a double. And uh, Emmy Hildreth drove in the game's uh, only run with a uh, sacrifice uh, fly. So uh, that's a little old-school softball there. Yeah, that's a throwback to when Howard first started coaching. <laughs> but another good team in Anchor Bay. And another nice win for Richmond. Again, I will parade out the top of the BWAC against anyone else because it's a really nice win for Richmond. Katie Shoeboy shows she, she can deal. She didn't have a high strikeout number, so she was getting, again, soft contact, and they had the hits when they needed it. Talk about trotting out the BWAC against some of the best around. North Branch played a doubleheader against Country Day, and this could be a possible... Regional uh, matchup, I believe. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was regionals last year because that's where St. Clair and Emily City ended up. Yeah, and I believe maybe North Branch is in a different spot, and that would be a potential quarterfinal. Um, because I think North Branch might be in a different like section of the bracket yeah. because they get pulled all over the place out out there. But they played two against Country Day. They take game one, six to three. Jasmine Mock only, and I say only had a hit in two RBIs, and you'll find out why in a second. Uh, and Natasha Bickle had three hits, a triple, and two RBIs. But Courtney Ludisher, she's becoming now 1A, 1B with Alana Deshetsky. She's been pitching really well, and actually in games, she's had the lower run totals at times. She's becoming a really nice option for North Branch and almost a good problem to have. Which pitcher do you want to go with? Yeah. Well, I, I don't think it's a bad thing to have a, a, a one-two punch. No. No, not at all. You know, Especially it, when you're getting in big games. Kenna Bomberinos and Katie Shoeboys don't grow on trees. Hmm. So you can't just go out. So if you've got a couple of kids that can deal, that's not a bad problem to have. Yeah, in the game, she went all seven innings. Uh, she gave up the th only two earned runs. She did walk five, but fanned 11. It's a pretty nice line. Yeah. And then in game two, Country Day got North Branch 9-8. to eight, But uh, Jasmine Mock has been hitting at a stupid pace. Three more hits, a double, two home runs, six RBIs on the day. That's not fair. No, she's a terrific player. And again, she's out in North Branch, so people don't get to see her. But right now... She's one of my three names for the MVP in the area for softball. Because she has just been hitting. It, it feels like every day it's 
double home run, double. Like, she has to have close to 10 home runs already, right? Uh, and, and she's probably got 30 RBIs this year. It feels like she's always leading the charge. Alongside her, Addison Cobb had two hits, a double, an RBI. Natasha Bickle had another hit in an RBI, so Bickle had a pretty decent day. What, four hits, three RBIs in a yeah. doubleheader? That's yep. a good Country Day team. You know, and here's the other thing, because this was at Country Day, right? I believe so. So Country Day, it, it, it's turf. And it was probably really wet. Uh, really, And so it speeds because, uh, like the ball, hydroplanes. So it, it's it's different. If you're not used to playing on it, it's really different um, and really unique. I, I saw a unique play last year, the, the first game of the regional. Country Day played Emily City. The leadoff hitter for Emily City actually struck out, but the catcher dropped the ball and then airmailed the throw to first, and it got on the turf right. and shot down into the corner, and the batter struck out and scored. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, North Branch, pretty good showing in a doubleheader against Country Day, another team that is pretty solid in D2. I know they're – I believe they're getting votes in the rankings. All right, Elmont, uh, they took care of Sandusky when they finally got to play again. Yeah, they, they played two with Sandusky and identical scores in both games. 12-2 to two in game one, Brooklyn Bunch hit a bunch. Three hits, a double, three RBIs. Grace Koenig had two hits, a double, and an RBI. Devin Johnston, three hits, a double, a triple, and two RBIs. Uh, Ellie Chapman. shy of the cycle. Yeah, Ellie Chapman with two hits, only a double. Ellie's been hitting home runs this year, but knocked in another run. Kendall Roshevsky had two hits, knocked in a run. Lauren Webster had two hits. Lydia Lacavera with three hits, a double, two RBIs, and and uh, Gabby Carlson had two hits and an RBI. How many kids is that? That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's the top eight yeah. hitters. One in their through lineup. eight in their order all had multiple hits in this game. I think they had like 18 hits in the win in game one. And in game two, they repeated it. Yeah. Another 12 2 win. Bunch with two more hits and an RBI. Koenig had four hits and two RBIs. Roshevsky with two hits and two RBIs. Two more hits, a double and an RBI for LaCavera. And there's Gabby Carlson again, which is a new name for us. We haven't yeah, said Gabby's that's, name. Uh, that's fair for Algonac. That's yeah. what they need, another hitter that's putting up multi-hit games. Three hits, four RBIs. So she had uh, five hits and five RBIs in the doubleheader. And we'll have some softball series, I believe, today. Yale and Algonac play, and I believe Almont and Emily City are scheduled for today as well. Yeah, but I think the the games are at Yale. No, they're at – I think they're at Emily City. Are they at Emily yeah, they're City? they're at Emily City. Um, K-Pack and Armada played a doubleheader. This was a weird doubleheader. Game one, K-Pack knocks off Armada 3-2. to two. Despite a double from Natalie Sauer, Sauer Marty Aubrey, jeez, can I say these names, had two hits. <laughs> they have and, some And Ali V. Vite had a hit and an RBI. But K-Pack wins 3-2, to two and that one caught my eye. I went, is K-Pack good? Did our mate a struggle? Have we not been paying enough attention to K-Pack? And then in game two, our mate uh, unloaded. 17 to 3. 17 to 3 they beat K-Pack clearly oh, against a yeah. different pitcher. I I, I <laughs> or maybe they saw her enough to figure it out. I don't know. But that's uh those are two very wildly different games. Yeah, uh Marty Obrey had a double and drove in two. Brooklyn Pratt had three hits, two of them were doubles, three RBIs. Andrea Cox had three hits and an RBI. Leah Nock had three hits, a double, an RBI. Natalie Sauer went deep with a two-run homer. Kendall uh, Schlotzka with three hits, including a triple. She drove in three. Madison Capozo chipped in with three hits uh, and an RBI. So, obviously, whatever Armada didn't get in game one. They, they saved, took it out in game two. They saved it all for game yeah. two. So that's uh, that's everything we have here for the last day because everything was made up. Today we have a few uh, series. You'll get to see Port here on high softball play. I believe a doubleheader yeah. against Warren Woods Tower. There's actually not a lot going on. I know some softball teams are going out to the Michigan Stars tournament, which will have some really good competition. But we'll be working. On Saturday. I believe our first Saturday games of the year. Yeah. A couple I, of doubleheaders. And I have a big doubleheader between Mooney and Lutheran North. 
Which, 11 and 1. So wake up on your Saturday with some baseball. Yeah, uh, I, I know Luther North likes when you're around. Yeah, that's. Hopefully they don't like it tomorrow. Yeah. Hopefully I get to see a Blake Lutsky gem. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I've got uh, two in uh, Yale tomorrow in uh, high school uh, baseball uh, action. So um should be a lot of fun. Yes, it should. We'll be back on Monday, hopefully, with a lot to talk about because hopefully the weather is supposed to be really nice. The forecast for next week is like high 60s, low 70s, and sun. Good. We need another week like that. Good. Let's get some games in and let's let's let's. I don't play even know like, where we're supposed to be next week. Let's but play like twenty games. Yeah. Let's let's week. get a full week ahead of us. So is when's the SC four thing coming? That's up? in a that's, couple weeks. That's, that's in a couple uh, weeks. The, we'll make up a lot of games during that stretch. If we have yes, we will. <laughs> so all right. Um, anything else before we send it home? That's all I got. Except have a great weekend and listen to some high school baseball tomorrow on GetStuckOnSports.com. From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.